Welcome to Can I Kick It? This is a podcast about film festivals. My name is Jesse Catherine Weber, and I'm joined by... Andy Gramuga. Number one Christmas stand, Colin Ashley. That's not true. Emilio Diaz. Yeah, no, not, definitely not true. <laughs> a lot of people really like Christmas. Yeah. Um, I just mean amongst the four of us. Yeah. This is our, this is our Christmas episode. Uh, yes happy holidays a little later to everyone merry christmas merry christmas happy hanukkah not fighting any war on christmas hanukkah is over several weeks ago <laughs> mm-hmm. wow so i guess i couldn't i can't retroactively wish people a happy hanukkah happy kwanzaa i i had a happy hanukkah already <laughs> yeah you can't get any good guilt this mm-hmm. year jesse no. Yeah. I'm just glad we have the first recorded evidence of Andy not forcibly saying Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is this like, a good place right. for me to bring up my bone to pick from last week's episode? What? <laughs> you have a bone? Which is okay. How could you invite pranksters to oh our film God. festival? Shut <laughs> up! Shut up! <laughs> you, it's uh, such a rookie mistake to invite the jackass crew to a film festival. They're not pranksters. Yeah, they're not. They're not basically pranks. We're not, they're not no, pranksters. Not really? No. They're yeah. They do stunts, not. Brain. We're not inviting bad grandpa. Yeah. Or like uh, Eric or like Eric Andre. Uh, Eric Andre would be more acceptable. Yeah. Like, like someone. Isn't he in the movie? Prank. He's in the is movie. He, not, he, he's, he, what, he's, he wouldn't be among he's the not, people you he's would not gonna invite come. to like a Q&A. Yeah. He's like a cameo in it. We had the same discussion. We're not inviting Machine Gun Kelly. He's just in the movie. All right. Pranks. Anyway. What do you think? We're inviting like <laughs> the Jerky Boys. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't put it past you all. (laughs) Ashton Kutcher. Yeah. These are pranksters. (laughs) Anyway. Can I Kick It Film Festival brought to you by Pop. I'm sorry I missed last week. It was a lot of fun listening to it, and I think you overall did a good job. Uh, Except for uh, Mm -hmm. that one. I'm sorry. Is this the Christmas episode or the performance review at the end of the year? (laughs) Let's get going. (laughs) Sunday. Andy, have you checked your mail yet? Oh my god, yeah. Someone's got a fucking pink slip coming. Um, we're talking the Sunday's lineup is out. Yes, that's right. It's almost... Uh, because it is the end of the year, that means that Sundance is right around the corner. One month away yep. at this point, essentially. Uh, at the time this episode is coming out. Um, and yeah, they announced uh, yeah. all the movies they're showing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, just going down this list, we're going to start off with the U.S. Dramatic Competition. Do you just want to go into your, uh, your, uh, rant? I suppose on? I can. So one of the movies premiering is Cooper Rafe's, Cooper Rafe's Cha-Cha Real Smooth, <laughs> which 
Cooper Rafe is the third Krasenstein brother. He, speaking of pranksters, he pranked the film community at large. He made a movie called Shithouse that A, no one saw, and B, everyone said fucking sucked. And he's like 22, and they're like, here's the keys to the city, you genius boy. What's your next move? And he's like, I will make a movie where I am in love with Dakota Johnson. And they were like, okay. And that's what this movie is. And it is the scam of the century. (laughs) Open up your eyes, sheeple. Uh-huh. All right. Well, is this the green monster we're of an anti-recommendation on Pete Davidson one. and Kim Kardashian were together just to distract from Astro World. <laughs> Stay also woke, in, everybody. <laughs> also in this movie are uh, Brad Garrett and Leslie Mann. I would, I'd, I'd maybe consider checking it out. It I mean, yeah, right. it sounds okay. Shot <laughs> <laughs> Real Smooth is a terrible title also. It's not a good title, certainly, yes. It's really bad. Um... <laughs> And then yeah, some other, <laughs> some yeah, other exactly. <laughs> Andy loves a Cha Cha Slide reference. Apparently, the funniest thing you could say to Andy. <laughs> every single right. wedding I've been to, my favorite what, dance. What was the company that had the ad was... that had the everybody clap your hands, clap 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 part ad? I don't remember. Google I don't know. Was the other segment that you all just recorded no. like this? <laughs> we're recording yes. We recorded list. with our guest, uh, <laughs> and now we're recording this. We had uh, a very nice discussion. I don't know why that hit me so hard. I feel very lightheaded right now. We've only talked about one movie. <laughs> <laughs> let's yeah. Yeah. Let's, all right. Uh, also <laughs> in the uh, dramatic competition, there's a new Riley Stearns movie uh, director of. Faults. The Art of Self-Defense a few years ago. Uh, this one's got Karen Gillan and Aaron Paul. I think Eisenberg's in it, too. Uh, and it's like a kind of sci-fi thing about cloning. Sure. Uh, okay. Um, what else? Uh, there's a thing with Regina Hall and Talia Ryder. Yeah. Set in uh, Talia Ryder, of course, from uh, Never Really, Sometimes, Always. Uh, it it does it. Unfortunately, it does sound as if it is an elevated horror film. Uh, reading this more closely, um, who's making these? That? Are all, yeah, what this else? is all part of the U.S. dramatic competition? If we didn't yeah, yeah, we did. I don't know anything else. There's from a movie that, with uh, uh, John Boyega and Michael oh, right. Williams. Yes. Yes, um, his last film performance. I, I don't know how you would say it. Um, sure. A movie called Nanny that Michelle Monaghan and Leslie Uggams are in. Sounds interesting. Sure. Can I'll we talk about also that maybe. they're doing? Um, they're doing their fully digital again. Yeah, we've mentioned that. So, yeah. I mean, I think I said that I kind of expected them to do the TIFF thing. And have like a we're fully digital except for this sure. section, but they didn't even yeah. do that. Yeah, it's all online. Well, yes, I um, mean, yeah, and you know they usually do announce some like special premieres or whatever late. Like last year, it was uh, they, Judas and the Black Messiah. Like they announced oh, late right. and stuff. But so, yeah, but I mean, sure. Yeah, yeah who maybe, knows if maybe, that'll be? Maybe they'll do those. But I, I guess I, what I was gonna say is, I don't think if any, I don't think there's anything here that it's that like a studio would be like, no, we want to make money off of it. You cannot show that online. 
Yeah. Right. That's why I'm saying I expected there to be some of those, and there are not. Yeah. Yeah. There's, like, a few, like, bits of speculation of, like, the Daniels movie, the new one, is playing South by. Right. And people are, like, uh-huh. either Sundance was, like, this is bad, we don't want it, or they maybe didn't want to go virtual. Um, yeah. Certainly right. possible. But, yeah. Um, anything else, in, anything in the documentary competition that looks interesting? I don't know. There's a friggin' TikTok boom. Sure. That's yep. That's the title of a movie they're premiering. Um, yep. TikTok boom. Nothing to say about that film. <laughs> uh, and like I nothing. Nothing is sticking out to me in the uh, world cinematic dramatic competition or world cinematic documentary competition. Occasionally, there will be something kind of po- high profile in the world cinema dramatic competition. Usually, like a British thing, like it's where Souvenir Part Two premiered. Part one. Part one. Um, yeah. Yes, Part One. Part Two is, of course, Director's Fortnite. Um. Yeah, uh, in the next section, you've got, uh, The Cathedral, uh, Ricky D'Ambrose's film, uh, that premiered at Venice, and I feel like, a pretty positive, uh, reception, mm-hmm. uh, of course, Brian Darcy James is the star of that, yes. uh, which is interesting to Having see a great D'Ambrose, like, year. working with an vaguely name actor because yeah. he's a like very with Officer Krupke himself indie guy yep and he just truly could um, not <laughs> trying to make this a, entertaining this is bringing up Amelia <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's a Benson Moorhead me? thing Krupp that you. bears <laughs> <laughs> The Benson Moorhead thing that they are also the stars wow. of. It just, it just sounds like a Benson Moorhead thing. Yeah, that's one, one of the few um, people alive to have seen Synchronic in theaters. <laughs> I gotta say, they seem like they made alright stuff, I guess. Sure, that's a movie. Sure. I don't know about them as actors. They're both pretty handsome guys, I think. I It was my takeaway from seeing them do a PIF Q&A. But I don't have any opinion <laughs> on their acting right. talent. Sure. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I assume that they maybe acted in like some of their older stuff before they started working with name actors. Really just on that movie, I think. Um, yeah, uh, in the premieres section, uh, Robin Barani directed a documentary about the guy who invented the bulletproof vest. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a movie that Stephanie Allen and Tignataro co-directed with, uh, Dakota Johnson and Sonoya Mizuno. Yeah, big Dakota Johnson Sundance this year. Yep. He's in, like, three things, I think. Yep. Is there a third? I, Maybe we'll get to it. I thought it was three, but I don't know uh, third was. Who knows? Uh, Phyllis Nages' directorial debut. Yes. Of course, the Writer. screenwriter of Carol. Uh, 
about abortion in the 60s with uh, Elizabeth Banks and Sigourney Weaver and Chris Messina and Kate Mara. Uh, there's the uh, prerequisite uh, Aubrey Plaza vehicle mm-hmm. called Emily the Criminal. <laughs> the bingo free space of Sundance lineups. <laughs> yes. Uh, Michelle Hasanavisi is his One Cut of the Dead remake. Yes. Insane. <laughs> That's it's <laughs> so dumb. That's so fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's this thing with uh, Regina Hall and Sterling K. Brown that I think it was based on like kind of a buzzy short story or a article I can't remember uh, about uh, a mega church and its scandal. Uh, there's the four-hour Kanye documentary. Emil- <laughs> yeah, uh, the Beatles get back for Emilio. We all know this. Mm-hmm. Blocking off a day to watch that one, certainly. There's yes. like uh, uh-huh. there's like 10% chance of it being good, but I'll watch it. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's all, that one's just gonna. That's just a Netflix thing, so I assume it'll just be out in like February or something. Yeah, they're probably not. Um, there's the the uh, English language remake of Ikiru, written by Kazuo Ishiguro. Really crazy. Yeah. With Bill Nye. Yeah. Uh. Amy Poehler directed a documentary about Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz. <laughs> They're hot right now. Yeah, everyone's got yep. that fever. Yep. There's the secret Lena Dunham movie about an age gap relationship. Like, uh, it... I'm sure everyone's very excited for How that. How secret was it? Because I feel like we knew that John Burns. I mean, it wasn't... Yeah, I mean, like, the cast has been known for a while. It's just, I guess like, plot, no one yeah. had known anything about it until this was announced. Yeah. And also, like, even the, the cast did not get announced or found out or whatever until after it had already shot. Yeah. This will be, um... I mean, look, I like Her Tiny Furniture. Movie. Yeah, I have I never like seen girls. Tiny Furniture. Girls is yeah, I, I haven't seen Tiny Furniture either. I'll probably, I might check this yeah, out. The comeback I, uh, kid, Lena Dunham. Now is yeah. the time. <laughs> that uh, that one, like, British, like, Young Professionals mo- t- uh, HBO series she worked on looked okay. Yeah, I think she did a bunch of, of HBO okay. shit. No one watched camping. I mean, yeah, she, she, I, she, yeah, she wrote Camping. With, I think I think with Jenny Connor and that was like what made them break up. I think. I mean that looked <laughs> um, abysmal. <laughs> it was not supposed to be very good. Um, but yeah, yeah. never I'll seen anything Lena um, made. Uh, oh, you gotta yeah, get into I girls. Have it, <laughs> I have not. I watched. I believe I, watched, I have only seen. I think I have only seen the episode of SNL. Sure, I've seen. Oh, sh- I've seen the pilot to Girls. I mean, sure. look, it's a, it's a great show. <laughs> uh, sure. It's a crazy thing. Um, and then, of course, there's uh, Jesse Eisenberg's directorial debut mm. based on his Audible original. Um, uh, We've really reached, I think, yeah. the point of no return for a Sundance movie. Yeah, I think uh, so. There's the Kamal Bell <laughs> yeah. uh, Cosby documentary. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, there's a Princess yeah. Diana documentary, like just to like to pair it with the with the, of course. the musical. 
little documentary oh, oh, oh. of just like mm-hmm. documentaries based on movies that came out documentaries sure. bolstered by movies that came out this year this one sounds like it's a lot of like archival footage it's just like that sounds maybe that's good and worth yeah. watching who knows yeah um everybody loves friggin archival footage these days i mean yeah Oh, they! I I forgot that they put the "Meet Me in yeah. the Bathroom" adaptation or documentary, whatever. I guess it is an adaptation. That's gonna be it's, uh, <laughs> I, a nonfiction film in the midnight section. That's funny. I wonder how, how long is that yeah. supposed to be? Have they said? Uh, it probably is on the website. Give me a sec. Uh, yeah, I there's some other things in the midnight section while oh, she's looking. I, at I, it. I had not even seen that they were doing that. That seems. Like an interesting... That's like always a book. I'm like, I should read that. I like all yeah, these bands. <laughs> but then I'm like, yeah, Ugh. except, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like if you like all the sure. bands, maybe don't read it. I mean, I think be, <laughs> maybe it'll be funny to hear like everyone talking about what an asshole James Murphy is or whatever. Sure. Um, just loved, or just Colin, like how Colin doesn't like fucking... music, but he loves his personal life. <laughs> hey, easy. Yeah. <laughs> easy. <laughs> Uh, it is one hundred and five. Too short. That's <laughs> why already. Yeah. Not yeah. gonna be. Not gonna get enough juice out of that one. Um. Yeah, that in the Kanye document. Oh, it's the di- oh, it's the it's the directors of Shut Up and Play the Hits, I guess. Okay. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel like anyone really liked. Yeah, that, that documentary is fine. The concert is great. Um, right. Yeah, the concert, which I've not seen but I've listened to, is yeah. great. They. I this is I'm I'm interested I guess uh, sure cautious optimism we'll call that um there's a movie called Fresh with Daisy Edgar Jones and Sebastian Stan yeah Charlotte sounds Lebon. like a piece yeah of Cannibal Boyfriend it seems um this is the Army Hammer movie right right yes Ooh, our yes, Hammer documentary is he in it <laughs> no, no no he's not in it no. that was no. a movie wounds we're saying <laughs> we're saying it's about Things he may or may not have I done see. in real life, I allegedly, see. allegedly. <laughs> and he's like, is he back in movies? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I mean, I remember when he was like leaving like rubber bugs all over the place or whatever. Oh, I forget. For yeah, that, that, that was. Yeah, movies. that's right. I mean, it is funny that they're not even dumping next goal wins. At I mean, what is gonna happen? <laughs> I mean, that might just maybe they just that, they're doing two get Mike Mills in the yeah. mix on that one. <laughs> he can they're fix doing two movie. secret screenings, and it's gonna be uh, next goal wins and and uh, death, death on the, on the Nile. Nile. <laughs> yeah, <A> double feature. <laughs> um, we have hatching a movie about an egg. We're all excited to see what pops <laughs> sure, out of that. Right, the egg movie. It's the egg movie. Yep, yep, yep. There's a few more midnight <laughs> things. Uh, spotlight section. They got after Yang. Yeah. This is the big. Yes. They got after As Yang. As we've been speculating all get. year. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Give us our kudos. Yep. We said that this movie would be. I heard. Advanced, who's better did, than us? Yeah. We were there before anyone else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I did hear that they like part of the reason it may be have not resurfaced until now is that it uh they like went back and re-edited oh really apparently. interesting it got pretty good Which notices interesting because it, it yeah it was received yeah, well like um that's a weird move but <laughs> yeah i don't know i mean some of it is it sounds like the vfx were like maybe not sure. in great shape so i don't know what the vfx would be because it's about 
an explicitly human-looking robot, human-like yeah. android. But we'll I don't see. know. I mean, I guess it. Well, no spoiler alert. I guess it's about the android break because huh? I've read the short story it's based right. on. Um, so I guess maybe there's some effects there's there. There's the Audrey Dewan movie happening. Yes, which I saw. I can talk about that. I saw it at uh, the AFI EU showcase. Um, it's pretty good. It's like I was watching it for a while. Yes, the Golden Lion winner. I was watching it and I was like, this is like shot pretty deliberately and like it's interesting and well acted and then the end is uh brutal sure it's just like much much more graphic than you expect it to be right uh yep so yeah interesting movie sure. uh worth checking out and then neptune frost which i've it, also yeah. seen and talked about uh I don't know. Check out my review. Yeah. On in review online. Right. I also got uh, and then worst person in the world, oh, yeah, right. which I guess also I haven't talked about since I saw it, but it's been talked about on this podcast. I think it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I love. And that's it. like just before it comes out. Yeah. Like it's yeah. coming out in yes. February. It's coming out February fourth. Yeah. Which that that's the thing about after Yang is it is like a twenty four needs to. Say put out a schedule for the year because, yeah that'd be great <laughs> i mean not to put out a schedule for the whole I mean, year but six just months like or whatever. if yeah. this movie is coming out in february Please let us know. i would like to Give know us so that I don't yeah, buy a I, ticket I simply would Sundays. like to know if mo- if and when the movies are coming out yes mm-hmm. um uh yeah um there's the kids section. Yeah, they let James Ponsel out of director jail. Uh, friggin' finally! Thank God. Circle Hive. R- I saw the circle in theaters. <laughs> uh, that's crazy. <laughs> I read the I book and I was like, that. "This is not gonna be a good he movie." <laughs> I read. I truly listened to like five minutes of the book and was like, "This sucks." <laughs> Um, it's not a great movie. I guess he did do that Facebook He did do that Facebook watch. Right? Is that crazy? Yeah. Sorry for your loss. <laughs> Which is supposed to be very good. Yeah. But it's um, fake. Great. That doesn't mean it's not good. Uh, there's some episodic <laughs> stuff. John Early's in one yeah. of them. Yeah. Lance Henriksen's in one of them. <laughs> there's like sure. a lot of little things. Uh, there was some... Yeah, there's the... the there's the the new frontier section which is like mixed media stuff mm-hmm. uh the shorts which i haven't looked at yeah um but yeah that's we'll have episodes on Sundays, uh, i'm sure next month yeah right. that's, uh, the extent of our coverage is still pending um yeah yep. <laughs> so maybe we uh, won't have any actually <laughs> we'll see <laughs> yeah maybe <laughs> Um, would 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 appreciate hearing back from them at some point. Yes, we love them. Uh, Mm -hmm. They accredited me last year, and it was great. Uh, Had a great experience doing that last year. Would love to do it again. Mm -hmm. Maybe Omicron ruins it for everyone. Who knows? Friggin' Omicron. Now I'm so friggin' sour about worst friggin' letter. Um. All right. Um. Our. I don't think else? I need to plug anything, so I'll just uh Wait, what's what? 
Yeah, that, I hear, I hear, is that someone up on the roof? Ho, ho, ho. We're here at Can I Kick It? We're back from our last segment. <laughs> Was not We're prepared to talk for yeah. Santa Claus to drop movie. by. <laughs> yeah. Now, when we talk about Christmas festival movies, we could have gone in a lot of directions, but we chose a couple of very literal set during Christmas directions. Yeah. So we'll be talking a bit about Walt Stillman's Metropolitan. Whit Stillman. Whit Stillman. <laughs> I. Stop myself from saying Walt Whitman <laughs> so many times. <laughs> and Arnaud de Flachon's A Christmas Tale. Yes. And to talk about those two films, we are joined by film critic, freelance film critic, Loris Garcia. Thank you for being on. Yeah, it's very nice to be on. Thank you yeah. for joining us. Uh, yeah, there was, um, like Emilio was saying, there's a lot of directions we could have gone. There's a uh, old, I think, Criterion video essay that uh, Michael Koreski and uh, Casey Moore did called Blue Christmas, where they highlight a lot of, like, other, like, Fanny and Alexander and, like, My Night at Mods, and it's always, like, a list that I'm like, okay, I need to, like, pull something from here every holiday season, and, uh, you know, Metropolitan is, like, a classic favorite, and uh, A Christmas Tale is one that I'd, like, heard good things about and never saw before, and I was excited to bring these up. And, uh, yeah, we're excited to have uh, Lawrence on. As I was, like, we were, like, planning what guests to have on, I'm just scrolling Letterboxd to see <laughs> who I follow that likes these movies. And I was like, all right, this is good. <laughs> I feel like Lawrence is a, a, a writer a lot of us like, so it'd be good to see if we can get him on for this. <laughs> and it worked. Uh, yeah. So to start with, we do like to start with our our, our first-time guests. Um Tell us a little bit about your relationship with film festivals. When what have you attended? What is what is your relationship to like? How much are you covering versus enjoying things? Like, what's tell <laughs> us about that? Like, right. So I guess in university, I started out by um, like I lived in Vancouver. Like I just moved to Toronto mm-hmm. this year, but I lived in Vancouver for a while, and so I would go to like the Vancouver International Film Festival every year. Um, and then one year, a friend like just suggested that I get a press pass, and so I did, and I just worked for like the school paper. Uh, but after that, I guess, like, I knew other friends who had gone to other film festivals. And so uh, I went to Sundance one year. Uh, I've been to Cannes uh, twice now. I actually interviewed De Plachant one of those years, wow. um, which is fun. And then I've been to TIFF a couple of times. Well, the second time was this year because I live here now. So it's not yeah. not much of a trek anymore. But <laughs> most of the time, it's like, it's like covering the festival. Like, especially Cannes is very intensive for covering because... You kind of have to like constantly write but i mean i try to minimize as much how much writing i have to do as possible yeah um yeah just yeah cram in as many movies as you can uh like this year like i for tiff i ended up just doing like uh, just like a re- like a report after the fact and so i don't have to do any writing okay. during the festival which is which is pretty nice like you get to yeah go see multiple movies a day although with like covid and everything it's it's harder to cram in that many movies but yeah, how does it feel? Uh, I don't know if we've ever really talked about this. Like professionally, when you are, how how do you feel ver- versus like the live in person festivals where you like can only see so much a day with like commute and everything, and like the virtual festivals where you can like literally just back to back to back cram in as many as they let you. I guess I haven't actually done the virtual thing as much. Okay. So I actually like like a can. You just you're not really doing anything else. Whereas mm-hmm. okay. the virtual festivals, at least I haven't been able to like, cause I was working for a while. Like I just started an MA program, but 
I was working before that. And so yeah. I didn't really want to take time off to just sort of sit in my uh, <laughs> living room watching movies. Um, but so I would like see fewer things in the virtual yeah. levels, ironically. Um, sure. Even though even though technically you can see more. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. And is there a difference from like traveling somewhere to cover a festival versus going to one where you live like do you find yourself in a different mi headspace uh yeah yeah i do like it when you travel like I, at least i've found that i kind of just want to see more whereas if i am living in the place i kind of mm -hmm. just want to hang out with people and <laughs> not see as many movies like there was one year at vif at, when I lived in Vancouver that I yeah. mm -hmm. saw very few movies but like yeah. just like but other people were in town so you kind of go out afterwards so sure there's not as much pressure I guess to like I don't know make the most of the the trip in terms of like what you see um yeah 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 and you know what usually when we have we do these like two movie episodes we usually go chronologically because it's uh -oh. sort of what makes sense yeah, but you said you interviewed the Plashon, so we're gonna start with a Christmas sure, tale. Sure, I do yeah. want to get like, how what was that experience like w interviewing the Plashon? What you, what sense did you get of him? Um, well, it was it was the year Ismail's Ghosts came out. I don't okay. know if uh, any of you have seen that, but um, it was also my first time at Cannes, and it wasn't like a an interview where you like you just record and then you write it down afterwards. There was like a camera involved, like okay. Um, Thankfully, I was not in the camera, but I like <laughs> the sense that he, um, at the beginning, it, it, like it took a while for him to warm up to me. But once I started asking my questions, like his answers, like got longer and longer, basically, where he's like, okay, <laughs> this person is not an idiot. Like, he yeah, yeah. Ask me questions that I'm interested in answering. He's not just some like PR shill. And so like, he yeah, to get yeah. relaxed. And so that was kind of fun watching him sort of like loosen up. Um, I would not rewatch that interview now, um, but <laughs> I'm, sure I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. That was what, like 2017? Uh, 20, 2018. 18, 20, okay. Um, no, actually, that might, no, no, you're right. That's 2017. Okay. <laughs> I did go in 2018 as well, but I think that was 2017. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And what's your relationship with A Christmas Tale? Uh, I think that was one of the first Deplashans that I saw. Um, so I've seen a few more since then, but that was one of the first ones, and it kind of knocked me, knocked me out. I hadn't seen it in a few years, um, and so it was interesting to revisit it like recently. Um, like it's a very like large movie, like it's two and a half yeah. hours. Um, it's and it's like there's so much going on at every moment, like from the mm -hmm. I don't know from the first few minutes with like the puppet show. I haven't seen Fallon Alexander yet, but. I assume that's sort of yeah. from, from there. Yeah. And then, like, he always has this, like, irises, his, like, crossfades, his dissolves, it's, like, the, yeah. like, the sort of direct address to the camera, the readings of the letters, like, um, I don't know, the movie is just kind of wild, like, and it, yeah. it makes, it makes, like, like, I, I kind of love these, like, family um, get-together Christmas things, because they're very, like, mm -hmm. explosive, and he takes that mm -hmm. to sort of other level I guess like the intensity of all of the the characters is kind of crazy and you're like I would not want to be in the house with these people but I kind of yeah. like watching them um do do their yeah do their thing um yeah 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 that's interesting before we get into it Colin do you 
do you know where it played? Yeah, it so played this one Can, right? uh, this one was at Cannes uh, in 2008. It was in competition. Uh, that was the year that uh, Laurent Cantet's The Class won, which is always like when you're trying to remember like Palm Door and it's just like, what is The Class? Like literally no one knows this. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was in competition that year. Um, Didn't win anything? No, I don't believe yeah. so. I can double check, but... Um, sure. But yeah, it was... Um, I thought it was like, it, like talking about it and how sort of uh, big it is. Like it is like, yeah, uh, there is like a lot just happening, and it's like messy in a way that I do enjoy. But it also there's just something about it that it like feels a bit like I wish like I'm not. This is this was my first Deplosion, and I just watched it uh, earlier today. And I was sort of feeling like I wish he would sort of rest on in the power of his script a bit more, which I think is like very solid. And I think the sort of um, the uh, like you're saying the like explosivity of like the family together at this like insane holiday event where one of them has to donate plasma or whatever, um, mm-hmm. or mar- uh, bone marrow. Bone marrow, yeah, uh, even worse. Yeah. Um, there is, like, just so much tension to be mined from that, and then, like, the relationships that he, like, establishes between, like, Almarique, where it's, like, he's not allowed to see his sister for six years or whatever, uh, and, like, every time he would sort of go to the, like, for lack of a better word, like, the more gimmicky, uh, stylistic choices, I was just, like, okay, like, (laughs) this is, I get it, (laughs) and, uh, it, it reminded me of, like, a movie that does similar like big stylistic choices uh from this year that i like love uh worst person in the world it reminded me a lot of that where i'm like i wish that uh the sort of like it, it does like worst person in the world i think is like very harmonious with its style and it's like um not its messaging but like what the sort of feeling of the movie is where this one i felt like it was just maybe evocative of like a messiness that you feel like when you're home visiting family in a way but like it just felt i i not i wasn't disappointed but i was just like this is like there's so much good stuff here i wish like the rest of it were like elevated like on the same level as like the scenes like when they're all together i think when they first are getting to the house is is great and um when uh the sister's husband like punches amarique out is so funny <laughs> Um, there's just, like, so many great moments that, like, I wish the rest of it could be on that level. Um, Andy. Yeah. Could you try to describe a little, what like, a Christmas setup? tale yeah. is about? Sure, yeah. sure. So, it's, like, it's a big, like, messy, dysfunctional family, multi-generational sort of story. So, you have, like, the matriarch of this family, uh, has, um, leukemia. Uh, recently diagnosed right and so she needs a bone marrow transplant to have any chance of living but they they talk a lot about how like 
even with that potential cure, like she's still pipe that that like it's the the cure is like possibly worse than the disease where like she might develop this like graft versus host syndrome or something like like she's like she's got a tough road ahead of her no matter what. And then her family, there is like this the there's the oldest daughter who's like the responsible one, right? Who like has had her life together for forever. She ha- who has um a son who's a teenager who's getting into trouble of his own who is like it being institutionalized and like has mental health issues and things like that uh the middle child played by uh matthew amorik who is like a fuck up who like Mm -hmm. is uh always like you know he's he's bad with money and stuff they're early on like he she's she's like a playwright the sister is yeah and he like bought a theater for like partially to like help her produce her work and then like couldn't run it properly and like (laughs) never had the money like uh and so eventually she like bails him out but on the condition that she never has to see him again essentially uh and so they spend a long time apart this is like this this christmas where they're coming together is like the first time that they're coming back they're seeing each other in in a long time uh and then there's a younger brother as well who uh had similar issues to what her the oldest sister's son is going through and he's also got all like all his own stuff going on but uh there's also the father like it's like it's a whole big family like they're they're coming together for christmas uh there's all these issues about like who is gonna end up being potentially like the marrow donor because the uh the the oldest daughter's son potentially is a match but she doesn't want yeah. him to have to do that and then Matthew Almarique also ends up being a match and but he doesn't want to do like it's like a whole thing like that's essentially what the setup is is like there's like this looming like medical crisis where they're maybe their their mother is headed down for a, like some medical hardship no matter what what happens and the rest of the family is like dealing with the repercussions of that and also just the family history um you know, my initial reaction, like, I couldn't help but think about my, my of course, my initial comparison is going to be um, August Osage County, uh, the the plague, which is, like, a similarly, like, there's, like, a, you know, the dad disappears and the, the, um, the family is all, the generations are coming together and stuff. And, uh, yeah, it is the sort of thing that I go in for where it is just, like, boy, there's, like, none of this, this family just, like, can't get it together, and they, like, really mm-hmm. have, like, there's, everywhere you turn, there's, like, a different issue that, that they're dealing with. Um, this one, it was, like, pre- it verged on, it definitely verged on overstuffed for me. It was definitely, like, verging on just, like, being, like, okay, like, I need you to, like, remove, like, two plot elements from this for <laughs> in order for me to, like, be able to, like, follow everything to my the best of my ability i don't know if that's I was like gonna say you 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 like described the plot for a while and you didn't even get into like the cuck stuff and the like the, the cousins family. like that is <laughs> stuff i stuff. love i think that is like great stuff i think the relationship with like the 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 youngest brother and the cousin and like the wife is like very yeah. good it is all like quite like novelistic like i, I right. a thing i was like I kept thinking about, like, friends and, and, like, the corrections of just, like, this family coming together at, like, the sick, you know... Right. ...figurehead of the family. Another thing you didn't mention is that the family is also, like... I guess it barely gets touched on, apart from, like, moments that they're also, like... 
artistic savants all of them yeah can, like, right that the sex scene is stuff. very oh, that touches like, on that yeah where he's like we're a normal family and she's like no you're all like really like special artists or whatever like you're not normal and it's like what are you talking about um yeah, so speaking yeah. about that like the comparisons like you mentioned august osage county um i haven't seen that one but i was wondering if any of you had thought of the royal tenenbaums yeah sure 100%. i thought of the royal tenenbaums yeah. earlier i guess because i watched fairly you- recently but yeah Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Here's the thing. I also watch Royal Tenenbaums <laughs> fairly, like ha- I half watched it fairly recently because I have a weird relationship with Royal Tenenbaums and that I like most of Wes Anderson's movies and then I watch Royal Tenenbaums and I'm like, I don't like this. So then I recently I've been rewatching a lot of Wes Anderson movies and I was like, you know what? This is the time I'm going to get Royal Tenenbaums and I'm going to like it a lot. Yeah. I watched like 30 minutes of it and I was like, I still don't like this. Come on. But, uh... <laughs> I think I and I thought about that while watching this movie. I think I like this one a little more. I think I appreciate its messiness to a certain extent. Like yeah. by the end, I sort of got the end. I think is board. beautiful. <laughs> like the end is really good, and I think it's sort of pacing to just be like, well, this is the thing that happens, and then here's the new revelation that happens with this family, and here's the new thing that happens with this family, and he, these are how these like relationships like evolve and complicate over this short period of time i think it's like an interesting way to tackle this it doesn't feel like it needs to like set up an arc for every act or whatever and this needs to be like the period of the movie that feels like this and this needs to be the period of the movie that feels like that it like allows itself to like bounce between characters give a lot of people like one-on-one moments and i think i appreciated the gimmicky stuff more than colin because i think he uses it well. The irises is, ma- is maybe was just me was like, sure, that's a fun thing to do. But I th- I do think like on the one at, like the one on one scenes of like talking to the camera, and there I think he there are a lot of moments of just people looking at someone that I think he captures something very interesting and like revelatory about the relationships between these people that are like that is like very fascinating. Like there's a moment early on. That this is a thing that like doesn't even come back really, but like the young, it's like when Almarie's character comes in with like his girlfriend or whatever mm-hmm. for the first time in the house. There's like a there's like a short shot of the youngest son looking at her, like sort of horridly that they they just like never get back to. But I think that's like a very interesting way to introduce that that set of characters and that sort of dynamic. And I guess it evolves in, like, two different directions. Just, like, how everybody comments on how Almarie's girlfriend is hot. And then also, like... How she the has... <laughs> God, sorry. How she has a fat ass. Yeah, I mean, she, they <laughs> often <laughs> reference that she looks like Angela Bassett Angel- from yeah, behind. Yeah, a very which weird is crazy. <laughs> comparison uh, to me. I mean, 2008 was a crazy time, <laughs> you have to imagine. Uh, but, yeah, I think uh, she's great though. Emmanuel DeVos, she's really, really good. I think. Yeah, I think it's um, like on the whole well performed also, yeah. which is like where I like lie on like giving it credit. This is like a classic movie we watch for the podcast that like ninety percent of the way through I was just like I have no opinion on whether this is good or bad. I'm just <laughs> watching something, but then by the end I was like, sure, that was worth my while. I guess. Yeah, I'm glad I, mean, I watched that. I but yeah, all the performances like Almarique is good. Uh, the older John Paul. Roussillon, who plays the father, yeah, I think yeah, in like he's really the good. last scene with him and the daughter is really he's got incredible. A crazy and like, voice. he does. He's he's like a great like um like elderly like you know fatherly presence. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you know and then I think him? like 
Oh, no, sorry. So, like, the, the character, the actor who plays the dad. Because I don't think I've seen him in um, things, but he seems like I should recognize him. But. Yeah, it feels yeah, like he, it would be, like, sort of a... I mean, like, it's the same thing with, like, Denove, where it's, like, a legend of French acting, you think? Um, I guess I can share. I like the older daughter. She's in L. She gives a good performance in yeah. L. She's, like, the friend in L. Um, John Paul Roussillon. What is else is he? Yeah, well, you're looking that up. He, um... He, I do think that it uh, Deplashen can like conjure a nice image. Um, I and he like he just switches the style of it so much. Like the end with the sort of like hybrid like direct address narration, uh, but just like the handheld nature of it and like looking outside, it did remind me. And like with the music in the background, obviously, it reminded me a lot of like To the Wonder and Song to Song and that sort of. Malik Lisbecki combo. Um, that he, wow, this like, was his last movie. Oh, really? Yeah, he died of lung cancer the next year. Wow. Oh, I mean, speaking of, like, the smoke. There's some great smoking in this movie. <laughs> I know we don't really need to promote it, as Andy hates when we do this. But I just could like when he lights the cigarette with uh, Denove's cigarette is really good and like a really sweet moment. <laughs> And their relationship, I think, is really great, just generally. Like, the, the the majority of this movie, I do am like, this is good. But then it's like, I think it's just so front-loaded with, like, here's, like, this crazy, like, stylist of choice and, like, this one. I'm like, okay, buddy, relax. I, I just want to watch the movie. Have any of you seen um Two English Girls, like the Truffaut, Truffaut movie? Oh, no. Because, um, like, I think there was a retro in... Uh, of Deplachant, like a small retro in New, in New York in like 2000 and maybe around this time, around 2008. Um, sure. And Two English Girls was one of the ones that he had programmed to pair alongside one of his movies. Um, and Two English Girls has like a lot of like readings to the camera, a lot of like Irish shots, a lot. Like, so I think a lot of the stylistic sort of things that you're you're mentioning are um, are like from that, that side of Truffaut. I haven't seen nearly enough despite him yeah. being like a very large figure but um, yeah <laughs> and that I mean, obviously has his has his own thing like he definitely does quite a bit more with like stylistically and just like it can it definitely does feel overstuffed like i think i felt it mm -hmm. a little more in the later parts of the movie like i kind of lo sure. love all of the intros when they're still like getting together in the house um and then later on yeah. it sort of like depends on which subplot like best sort of it does yeah. feel very like Wes Anderson, like the sort of like the the youngest child, the middle child, and like the introductions that way, and then like you have like the date and uh, like whatever the sort of chapter heading, I guess, of each little scene. Um, mm -hmm. And I do think like the Christmasness of it all is uh, very good, <laughs> just to sort of touch the theme of the yeah. Episode. I I was gonna bring that up. Like, I mean, yeah, it's like. I don't know. I struggle with, like, the Christmas of it all with this one. I get, like, uh, uh, Christmas is obviously, like, a time when a family comes together. And, and like, and, like <laughs> I sort of, like, see that as a plot driver. It's The movie's not really, I feel like, that invested in Christmas other than that. It would have been like I this. <laughs> sure. But, like, yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. It's interesting because, like, 
my my initial reaction was like, well, that wasn't very Christmassy, despite like being called like a Christmas tale. I don't know, Cullen, fight fight me on it. I mean, I don't really have a fight. Like, I I get that read. It's just like it has that like home for the holidays fighting with your family thing, like sure. that you have in like a big family. Like people will splinter off and hang out with each other. Um, there's like like when the cousin just like goes to the bar and they're like. If he's, like, out drinking, he's going to get in a fight, and they have to go bring him back. Is like, feels very Christmassy. <laughs> I'm just like, well, everything's open because everyone's at this home. And, like, when we get to Metropolitan, I think they are sort of two sides of the same coin, even though, like, Metropolitan, Metropolitan literally isn't about coming home for the holidays. It does have a very mm-hmm. similar feeling of, like, hanging out with friends, like, when you are home for the holidays, that this has the sort of hanging out with family that is, like, more, you know, tied together out of obligation than <laughs> enjoyment. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess speaking of the Christmas angle, there was sort of the, the thing I didn't remember from the first viewing was, like, the girlfriend of um, the Emmanuel DeVos character, like, mm-hmm. who's Jewish, and she... Yes, and yeah. And there's also mentions of the Catherine Deneuve character being sort of, like, anti-Semitic. Anti-Semitic, and yeah. Jokes, and it doesn't quite go anywhere, and it's sort of like a, a point of tension between her and the Matthew Amalric character, but, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah I, I feel did, like yeah. that's just classic, like, I don't know, this maybe is a thing that is too revelatory about my relationship with my family, but it feels like a classic, like, they're just finding the thing to make fun of you. Sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we used to call you this as a kid and it made you mad, so we'll still do it. <laughs> yeah, um. and we're gonna find, like, even if slightly, like, not correct to say we're just gonna find the like thing to keep poking you with to be like oh right. so now this is what your thing is <laughs> yeah look at this look at this change of this person yeah. um i don't know it's like it's like semi-christmas see there's a tree at the end they do a there's little a tree play. there i mean it's got the vibe for sure, it feels sure. Cold. Like, it's got the vibe and they could have used like cgi santa exactly yeah santa does not make any appearances in this movie and it is a real flaw i have to say (laughs) they do the little christmas pageant all the little kids that is true i did like the little christmas pageant yeah that where they're yeah where and everyone in the house is like playing along with them which is very fun yeah Um, well i think the youngest son he also buys he also like takes out uh, a Santa suit, but then he puts it back in the. Like, yeah. The Matthew Almery character is like, I'm not going to wear that. Or like. Yeah. <laughs> There's also just like the weird, like, friend of the family who gives gifts to uh, Deneuve and the sister. Right. I wasn't yeah, clear that... on who that was. Like, old family friend, presumably. But... Yeah. Right. They explain it at some point and then, like, mention a bunch of names I didn't recognize. So I was like, I'm, I mean, not, yeah. I'm not sure. It's, a, it's, like... it's, it's, it's dits. There's a lot yeah. going on. Um, there is... Uh, Dipletion uh, has a new movie. Did it ever come out, the the one that's based on the Roth novel? No. I don't know. I don't think it has oh, come out yet. Yeah, I don't... No, yes, it did. It played can yes. Um, I mean, yeah, it played can. I don't know if it came out no, yeah, for, like, yeah, yeah. people to watch as well. I know that was, yeah, that was, like, one of the other <laughs> seduce from this year. Um, yeah, and our, our fourth co-host, who is not here right now, uh, she was uh, very excited for <laughs> a Diplashin Roth adaptation. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I haven't heard very much about the movie. Like, I don't know if it even played anywhere since um, can. can. It wasn't a tiff, it wasn't a niff, it wasn't, like, a, yeah. The place that they yeah. expect, I guess. 
strong. Yeah, exactly. Maybe um, no one liked it. But yeah, I guess if do we have any more thoughts on a Christmas tale before we move on to Metropolitan? Um there was a line early on uh where uh and uh and Consigny is the actress's name. Uh, probably butchering it. But she like very early on she's like I haven't mourned anyone recently <laughs> and it's like a it was just like a line that I was thinking about throughout the entire mm-hmm. movie of like how sort of like a foreshadowing of a tragedy that never comes with Deneuve. I was like, is she gonna die? Uh, and then she gets uh, Amarie Kelton. No! I think that line, which is I think if the movie has anything that it's sort of consistently about, it's just like, all of these people they just like, sort of feel guilty that they never saved anyone's life and it's turned them into these like weird, selfish people which is sort of what it's getting at at the end where it's like everybody the, the sort of younger son is trying to save himself of being like his parents or in like his uncles by trying to have that act uh, Almarek is trying to redeem himself the mm-hmm. daughter is trying to offer up his son and I think that is just like what I think what the movie's getting at because I feel like the oldest daughter also like later in the movie is like I'm being robbed of my mother's funeral or something like it, it, there's a line in it yeah. like that where she's try, where she's sort of is like, I'm trying to find some sort of denouement, some sort of like f- something to fulfill what I felt as a kid, and to like sort of have an excuse to grieve what I felt I should have grieved all this time ago, and uh, that's sort of the like passive conflict that they're all fighting for, where it's sort of just like this like secession style conflict but instead of every everybody is just trying to like be the one to save their mom so they don't feel guilty about not saving their brother all that time ago yeah there is also that nice moment where like the two characters Almarique and uh Constantine who have like they have set up that they haven't seen each other in so long when he gets like punched out for talking shit about her by the husband the husband and uh, she's, like, the only one who's helping him. And she's, like, tending to his wound. And he, like, won't shut up. And then the cousin, like, smacks him. And she's, like, just get out of here. Like, leave him alone. And it's, like, a, an oddly sweet moment between, like... It's, like, yeah, that's your brother. Like, still. Yeah, and there's a... There's also a weird, like, scene where all, they're all, like, drawing up the equation. For, yes, like, that's really funny. <laughs> of, like, the probability of, like, how she survives with the treatment and without... Yeah, and then the guy at the end, like, like the oldest daughter's husband at the end just coming in and is just like, well, all this math is wrong. She either lives or she doesn't, so you can't be, like, nobody, like, lives 60%. You, that's not how you make a point. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you have to decide right. either she's, this is how long she's going to live or she's not. And that's in the, also, like, the news relationship with Almarique's girlfriend is also, like, yeah. very that fascinating. That's where they go shopping together is really odd. <laughs> Yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm sort of into it. And just like I feel that's like the class of like this is the sort I like this person because they sort of don't give a shit about me. Yeah, it's like I've, that's all. That's often a relatable feeling. Sure. Um, 
but well, anyway well yeah one last question if we're to take if we were to take my note to make this more Christmassy, oh and one character had to pull a tim allen in the santa claus and kill santa and assume his duties <laughs> which God. character would you pick I suppose I like the, it, ha- it just has to be the dad. He's yeah, the dad. Yeah, just that person. I was. It's him or Almarique. I think. I'm not sure. Yeah, Almarique can play like Jack Frost or whatever. <laughs> like he needs to be like some crazy Weasley guy. <laughs> he can't be Santa Claus. Um, and yeah, all right. All right, moving on. All right, Metropolitan, 1990, played Sundance, new directors, new films. And then ended up in director's Fortnite at Cannes that same year. Uh, and it's incredible. <laughs> it's one of my favorite movies. <laughs> I sort of had a weird uh, up and down with it where it was like a favorite movie of mine. And I rewatched it and uh, Last Days of Disco last year. And I was like, well, clearly Last Days of Disco is the masterpiece. And I like sort of underrated Metropolitan. And then when we I rewatched it for this, I was like, they can both be the masterpiece. <laughs> and it's just so good. Uh, there's like, it's... I think maybe my fourth or fifth viewing of it just uh, in total. And uh, there's still stuff that I, like, had never clocked before. Um, But, yeah. What did everyone else think? (laughs) Yeah. um, This was... this. I watched it last year for the first time, and I quite liked it. And I watched it, you know, this year. it, It... I like it a lot. I do, like, especially, like, those early just, like, party scenes, I think, are just so top-notch and like just like the way that the like the banter goes over i think is so fun and so like it's it's just so exciting to watch um i do have like one of my downfall is like there's a lot of like names in this and like i have a hard (laughs) time keeping track of like character names and stuff and so there's like a lot of discussion about like people who like i'm like which one is that and who's on screen like that is like it's hard for me to track like the the plot and like and when it gets to sort of that final stretch and it gets like more plotty i get like a little less into it but i do i i really like it a lot i think it's so fun to watch and yeah just like the it's like just so great like character dynamics and and exciting dialogue and stuff that it's yeah it's it's a real treat to watch yeah this is like my third time seeing it and i think part of what i like about it so much is that i don't know there's just not very many movies quite like it um i remember someone on twitter i forget who said that it almost feels less like a movie than like (laughs) pure personality of like stillman yeah like beamed at you and i think that has to do with i think what you mentioned andy and that like um at the beginning like you can't really keep track of like who who anyone is like and so they don't really feel like distinct like characters yet mm-hmm. like, yeah they're sort of like saying these like funny ridiculous things and they're <laughs> all these parties and they're sort of cutting and then there's like saying more things and like they feel less like characters at the beginning and more just mm-hmm. i don't know like an entire like like one personality of like yeah <laughs> like like speaking together um yeah mm-hmm. um and then as the movie goes on like as you start to figure out who people are as like people drop out then like the, the like the comic sort of plot like kicks in and then like you have and then you culminate in you know them going to Southampton I think um yeah um and by the point <laughs> you kind of know who everyone is um but at the beginning like I think that's where um that's the part like that I enjoy the most like the first sort of stretch for yourself like everyone's just like hanging around saying things yeah um right you don't quite have like a sense of that this is going anywhere and you don't really care because it's just 
Yeah. Very fun. Especially, like, the editing is so sharp where it's just, like, here's the funny joke and then here's just another one from, like, a different scene in the party and the way right. that it is here's this, this clipping around these half conversations. Yeah, right, yeah. It's so funny. I mean, it's live. just the funniest movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Amelia, what did you think? This was your first viewing, right? Yeah, it was the first time I watched it. So... I watched Last Days of Disco a while ago, and that was the movie I went in, like, expecting to just feel like, oh, no, this is just, like, a perfect movie masterpiece, and just, like, ended up being like, no, that's what was really good, and there was just, like, certain elements of it that didn't, like, fully, like, connect with me, or, like, fully, I was fully engaged by, I think, in the way that you need to, to appreciate every aspect of that movie, and weirdly enough, one of the aspects was Eigenman. Who, like, I just watched that first time and it's just like, this guy just has such a weird, different vibe from anybody else. He f- it feels like such a, like, mood killer in a way that I is, like, <laughs> obviously intentional in disco, but it, it's still, like, a thing where I was just like, I don't know. But there's maybe another guy I feel like I could play this. So I, and so, and due to that and knowing that he was the, like, running thread through, like, these with Stillman movies, I was just like, yeah, I mean... Last Days of Disco was really good, but I don't know if I'm, like, really feel like I'm going to sit here and watch the rest of it. And then I watched Metropolitan, and I was like, oh, no, Agamemnon's, like, the best thing ever. He's, he's the king so of all men. He's, he's, <laughs> the, he's the funniest person like, to have ever been in a movie. He's so funny. He's the king. I feel like it's just, like, I needed this context to appreciate him with because it's, like, I feel like to, like, backwards diagnose my problem is just, like, in Last Days of Disco, the stars two of the most charming and beautiful people to ever be in movies. So then when it starts giving Eigenman so much screen time, I'm just like, I don't know about this guy. Just give me more of these others too. And so, but in a movie where he's more foregrounded from the beginning and the movie is sort of like coasting on his vibe and sort of just like the tone and like perspective almost accidentally settles on his it's it's just like very funny and very and just like very charming just like all the things he said when when he gets punched in the face is very funny it's so i mean that scene also it has like i i will sometimes try and take notes on the movies and this one is just like 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 the new york (laughs) (laughs) there's just so many such a funny lines where he's like I mean, just the lie of <laughs> telling the story. Yeah, where he's like, uh, <laughs> it's a composite. Right, yeah. It's essential, like it's the New so Yorker fun. does. Yeah. Where, where he's like, uh, he's like, you really showed up Cynthia too. And he's like, yeah, that's what made it worthwhile. It's not true though. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, uh, yeah, that's, he. I mean, he's just great. And uh, like all the other parts, I mean, it's just like, he's the... Sort of beacon the entire movie like revolves around. He's like yeah. a lighthouse that everything comes back to and revolves around. That even when he's not in it, he feels like the lead and he's still like sort of charming you by like with its effects on the other characters in the movie. And uh, yeah, I, I like really liked it basically. Like I'm still not on the like with Silman is a master, this is a masterpiece <laughs> train, but it's like undoubtedly like an incredibly entertaining movie that it's like you can watch it and then I can completely see somebody pulling a color in and just being just like waking up the next day and be like, you know what? I should watch again. Metropolitan and just hitting. I mean, again. I need to, I need to go back to his other ones. Cause like damsels and Barcelona and love and friendship. I've only seen once each and, uh, the other two I've watched like a lot. <laughs> um, 
but I mean, it's just so like the things that I really never thought about was like, it's cause he's such like a great writer that I think I underrate him as a director. Cause this is just so gorgeous. And there's some compositions that I was like, uh, like that were like jaw dropping. Like there's a shot where they're at the party and there's like the mirror between them. And then argument just like shows up in the mirror <laughs> and starts talking to him. And then like, obviously independent film at the time, uh, means you like shot on like 16 millimeter and it like adds this warmth to every single scene where they're like inside and like the lighting is just so great that it feels like you are cold but sitting next to a fire like it is just the perfect energy of that and like every time when they're out on the street it looks just so incredible uh and then the other thing that i never really thought about is like how sad it is and like i think uh carolyn farina who plays audrey is like so is maybe my favorite performance this go around like with when you sort of have to like you can't pick argument because obviously he's the best but then like she is so funny and then also so heartbreaking there's the scene where they're doing like the cigarette game with the dime on the tissue paper and they're like who like they asked like the hyper specific question about who tom townsend has a crush on and he's like oh well obviously it's serena i feel like everyone knows this and like anyone else it just doesn't matter and she's just like sitting next to him weeping almost and uh there's also that great scene where she runs into serena and she's like, oh, yeah, Tom told me you were, like, really well-read. And it just cuts to her crying at the church service. And, I mean, it's just so much stuff like that. And then um, also all the stuff with Tom and his dad where he's like, that's my dad's apartment, like, across the way. And he's like, I don't really go there often. He's like, I feel like we have a better relationship than people who see each other all the time. Yeah. And then he's, like, walking down the street right. and he sees, like, the box of toys. It's just so, it's it's brutal. But, that, I mean, it's also like, just so That's, funny. like, I think the perfect example of it being actually very well-directed as, 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 as well as well-written, where the first moment with that box of just like how clearly it sets up with him saying nothing of him being like oh that's and like then there's just my the shot of the gun <laughs> yeah my box of toys that's a a very disappointing thing to see out on the sideway it yeah i think it's like yeah as you mentioned like there can often be like a weird like with the american independent movies of this era obviously it was like a big boom and there could have there is off there was often like you know, there could be an amateurishness to it, which is, like, part of the charm, obviously, because if you're making, like, these cheap-ass movies, you sometimes get people who aren't, like, the best at making movies at that point, but it's, like, confident. I think he always knows where to point the camera in a conversation, which is, like, an underrated skill in directing that I think is, like, a thing I've been learning, I've been noticing more and more as I get older, watching movies of just, like, knowing where a camera needs to be in a conversation it's like actually an incredibly an incredibly important skill especially if you're making films like stillman does and yeah, yeah everything is just so funny and charming <laughs> i don't know what to say. yeah it's just metropolitan it's good it turns out <laughs> yeah yeah like i think Eigerman is is obviously the big breakout of this and he went on barcelona which i haven't seen in, in a while although I, yeah although this time around i really enjoyed um Charlie's presence, like the yeah. Um, but I don't know if that's just because he has the great like 
this creature on with the bourgeoisie line like that line it's so funny it's so funny it's like finally (laughs) you couldn't imagine a more dishonest and i guess like the way that he pauses is also just like very funny yeah like whether or not that's like just like his personality in real life or not it's like it works so well for the movie um yeah yeah sort of indignance he's like like confidence as i think is like a weird thing to get to like describe him particular because he's obviously such a like nerdy like in his corner guy and he's like obviously awkward about the entire relationship with the girl but just like how he approaches every conversation with just this utmost confidence and like just like it's clear in every single conversation he has he has no idea what he's talking about ever He's oh. one of the dumbest motherfuckers ever depicted on screen. Tom, yeah, I mean, he also has one of the great lines where he's like, Mansfield Park? You've got to be kidding me. Where he's like, I <laughs> haven't read it, but like... That <laughs> is great. Where, 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 yeah, he's like, I haven't read it. It's like, I prefer literary criticism. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you get both. The, yeah. the other line that's great Listen, is... Listen, sometimes like, you've been there. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you'll see a dumb motherfucker on screen and you're like... That's been me. I can't lie. Yeah. Or he's like, you don't have to have read a book to have an opinion on it. I haven't read the Bible either. Um, but yeah, the line where he's like, uh, Taylor Nichols, where he's like, the bourgeoisie does have a lot of charm. It's so funny. It's just so perfect. Um, but yeah, his sort of indignance at like how quickly Tom assimilates to the group and like always trying to force like the nickname of like, whatever the rat pack that they want to call themselves and then um the uhb, the UHB and like trying to force yeah. his uh his his acronym on everybody <laughs> it's just so funny uh, yeah and it's funny but like when they have the conversation with like the older guy in the bar and it's like it seems like it's gonna be like a very like revelatory conversation and he just leaves it at the end he's being like well that guy was wrong i don't know it, 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 yes yeah. <laughs> I like so, in the in the intro, I guess, when we first meet Tom and he talks about the Fourierism thing. Yes. Um, and then, like, I think when he's leaving, like, for that evening, it's like, oh, good luck with the Fourierism or something. Um, yeah. And then when he's got like, the gun at the end. Like that throughout. It's just, right. Uh, yeah. No, and yeah. he's like, watch out. He's a Fourierist. <laughs> when he's got the yeah. gun pointed at Von Slonik no, or whatever. The other Fourier is where when Tom is like. I don't know if I'm still into the whole four years. I'm, and, and yeah, he's like, he's like, I don't know. I don't know if I could live in a farm. His um, yeah, he's very. That also him. has where he's like, uh, <laughs> talking about whether or not death is failure. <laughs> it's just so funny. He's like ceasing yeah. to exist is failure. Um, when they early on, well, like one of his first things is someone accuses him of being a public transportation snob. <laughs> yeah, where he's like, I never take cabs. <laughs> it is that thing of like this certain like, because I think like in the text they're supposed to be like college freshmen, um, yeah, just like out for winter break or whatever, and uh, that sort of like youthful. Mm-hmm. Well, now I have my opinions. Like, now <laughs> I can be like, of course I don't ever take a cab. Or, like, you know, his opinions on, like, literature and everything. Where it's like, I guess I have to be able to say something. Um, it, it's, like, so well uh, well thought and, like, well drawn. With, like, these characters, like, just all feel, like, even at the most, like, written dialogue that it is like it does feel very like yeah these are real people <laughs> uh, it's i mean yeah. like 
It's like it's just so. Even if it's not real people necessarily, it is real like conversations. It is like real like the way that sometimes people will just say shit and they'll just yes. disagree and they'll just like have no concept about what other people feel or other or how people actually experience the world. They're just like in the four years I'm like to go back to it, it's just like a perfect example of that. I was just like a guy having his entire worldview fa- based on a political theory that he read about that he like abandons upon sort of having a crush on a girl. So, yeah. so, <laughs> somehow it's just that that entire journey that Tom takes is very funny. Yeah, well, and I, when I, 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 oh, sorry. No, no, I, just no, meant, like, I think w- one thing that really makes the movie work is that they're very is that they are quite young. And so they're very yeah. like unformed because I think yeah. they were like even just like a few years older you would kind of like, you might hate all of them, but because it's, <laughs> because they're this at this like particular age, like it doesn't feel like, like it is like satirical in a way, but it's a very like gentle and like it sort of moves like from the satire to like eventually have like a sort of like comic like happy ending. I think in a way mm-hmm. like because I don't know like classic comedy ends with a marriage things like that like in the Jane Austen way. Um, here yeah. I guess you have like a sort of like midpoint of that where they go to Southampton. He like gets Audrey, rescues Audrey, and then they sort of like end like walking on the street. But like mm-hmm. I don't know. It seems I think it's a nod to uh, the Boonwell, I guess, the discreet charm. But um, sure. But yeah, like it, it's it's a bit more like gentle than like you would with a, a straight satire. And I think that's partly due to like the fact that they are this like very unformed age, very like. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the characters says it's like we're still very impressionable or something like that. <laughs> but it's ridiculous when he says that. But it's also like yeah. Yeah, there. I mean, uh, there's the great like when he's talking when Nichols is talking about like uh, the UHB and the girls like, are we so is the language so impoverished that we have to resort to acronyms of the French language to be understood? And it's like another great just like long pause, and he's just like, yes, <laughs> it's like it's just. I mean, it's just perfect. Um, yeah, the uh, there's so many just little things of like there. One of the things that I notice is like the soundtrack. There's a part where they're walking on the street and uh, Audrey's like something about like winter in the city at night feels like everyone dressed up feels like war and peace. And Tom's like, really? He's like, well, I haven't read it. <laughs> and like at the same time, you have I mean, like he, uh, I, th- I think he's actually like. Oh yeah, I can see what you're talking about. I haven't read War and Peace, but sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like at that time, they're playing uh, Mavlast in the background, and it's like I was listening oh, when I was watching. I was like, "This, what is this piece of music? Why do I know this?" And I rewound like three times. I was like, "Of course, it's Mavlast." But it was just like it's such like a great thing to be playing like as they're talking about War and Peace. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, and it's like the like sort of end middle and second act beginning third act of just like people slowly leaving their lives yes so they're sort of like relationships changing that's like it's like it like weirdly sort of does get to you a bit and it, and it you are you do sort of feel bad for these guys of just like them not realizing how much of a schmuck they are and just being like the last guy is in the game of musical chairs where it's just like well everybody else is just doing what they want and you're yeah despite you two sort of seeming to be like the people who are least well i guess one of them is like the most into it and the other one is the least into it yeah they, they are sort of like left holding the bag on it and just that weird sadness and there's like 
the the good line uh, where after the I forget what that third guy's name is the the guy who like gets drunk at some point oh Fred yeah, yeah, Fred right. Fred <laughs> Fred of just there's like a very good line that isn't necessarily funny well it's a little funny but it's also just sort of very real now thinking about like the station of life where I am at where they're like it's weird that he wouldn't just come with us I thought he said he hated his job. And yeah, it's like, it's sort of just like them absolutely not getting it. It's, yeah, it's just like I mean, yeah, it is that sort of like life. that um, sim like just as that age of just like the uh, self importance and everything. It just all culminates in such a way that is similar to like last days of disco, where like they don't realize that disco is dying or whatever and like they're at the it's like boogie nights or whatever it's so um yeah these people that just like don't of, like yeah last days of disco it's like almost an escalation because last days of disco it's not it's not just disco is dying around them it's just like it, that movie's sort of making the argument that they are killing disco sure it's like, yeah <laughs> it's like their presence is the, are the people who's like ruining it ruining it for everyone whereas this one it's just sort of like time falling on them and just like people sort of falling apart because it's just like people come in and out of your life and especially when you're in the sort of like beginning of adulthood relationships sometimes people will just be like yeah it's fun now we're gonna do our own thing because we have important stuff to do our lives don't revolve around this activity as much as it does for you too I guess despite Tom being not as in like Tom proclaiming to be anti that and when they describe him as anti-bridge is also very funny yeah that's where they're like uh you didn't invite tom he's like well he he says he doesn't like bridge uh they're like we can get him anyway uh yeah that's so good yeah i mean there's like, also oh sorry yeah go ahead no i was just gonna say that like i think part of that feeling i guess is like the editing is very because the editing is so sharp at the beginning you don't really like you don't really start to notice that people are sort of dropping out um and like Stillman doesn't really like signal it in in like super clear ways. It's like okay, Agumon is like leaving on this whatever, and it's like you have, and then but before you know it, you're sort of like oh, you are the Sally Fowler Rat Pack or whatever, and there's just like yeah. three of them, and it's just like a terribly like pathetic sort of scene. But I think yeah, like it's part of the he doesn't really signal those kinds of things, um, in a way that like a different director might, and so like it sneaks up on you in a way that. I mean, in the way that it stinks up on, on the characters as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the touches of just like what I like, what I mean about them seeming like real conversations of them just also sort of learning that they have no idea about these people's lives. Like with the Fred thing, where he's like, he hates his job. Why wouldn't he just drop it all to come to <laughs> yeah, the dumb, Southampton, <laughs> this dumb journey with us? And also, when they go to that girl's apartment, I forget what that girl's name is. And there's like the music producer there, and he and he's like, yeah, she's a great singer. I'm. I hope she's gonna be a star. And they all are all just gonna be like, I didn't know she sings. I didn't know. Anything. Yeah, yeah, very like uh, <laughs> ignorant. <laughs> I didn't know that that was her thing. And just like all all those like individual bits of just like yeah, they, not only were they just were they just like dumb kids who are impressionable, but they were also just clearly like exaggerating positions because they feel like they needed to fit into this like weird bourgeoisie society so they needed to like be a certain thing who and talk about certain things but also that's like not a personality that they carry with the <laughs> them all the time they also have full and rich lives and it's clear that these other two guys do not yeah <laughs> there's um 
I mean, yeah, that scene where they go to Sally's apartment, she's like, literally, it's just you two, <laughs> is really, uh, it's really funny. There's, yeah, um... She's like, you need to be gone by... No, she's like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can, yeah. No, she's like, she's you like, can I stay here. You can, I, <laughs> you can hang out. There's food, but also you need to be gone by midnight. It's um, very funny. I also like how we never really see anyone else's parents except for, um... Except for Tom's mom. Yeah. Um, and, like, how that plays in with the moment later where Charlie is like, oh, I'm gonna call these person's parents at seven in the morning because... Oh, because they're early risers. And then reporting to Tom is like actually they're not so early risers and then he calls another person who's like turns out they're not early risers either but yeah just the general absence of the parents and this <laughs> yeah fun yes. um there's the uh the great moment where uh Eigenman is like tripping out and he's like reading Babar and it's just like us the small little touch where it's like this guy that we knew used to take mescaline and he would do this thing all the time and he's trying to replicate that um but yeah, there's like so many little lines. One of the ones that like I don't know why it made me laugh so hard this time is when uh Eigenman shows up with like two new people and he's like, This is Miss Sabrina Johnson of Tyler, Texas, and Cadet Lieutenant George uh George Frawley of our armed services <laughs> and it's like they're just hanging out with these two random people. It's so uh, it's so funny. Yeah, but it, I think that's like such a great character detail because it's like the let's just say the Igamans I know in real life, those the people who do make themselves the sort of center of this like entire of these sort sort of friend groups, are the sort of people who are just like hey th- these guys randomly on the street you want to come let's go let's do this yeah thing. yeah and they're just like sort of weirdly magnetic in this way that they can just convince people I mean obviously that's like how the movie starts with just like Tom they think they're taking his cab <laughs> and he's just like come with us let's let's go we're we're gonna have a party and just like not bowing down and making him come with them it's just like yeah that's like a very accurate depiction of that sort of magneticism that a guy like Igaman has where he's just like yeah this guy has no shame so he'll just so he'll just pester you forever and he'll say whatever and you'll eventually be like I, I guess I guess this guy knows what he's doing I guess this guy is just like he's living the right way which I appreciate there is something sweet also to like uh Nichols like and Igumen both sort of figure out that Tom is like not a rat but like they figure him out they like they can smell that he's like lying about his sort of stature in their world like pretty early and like there's something sort of sweet about how Igumen's like I'll I like I'll help you out like I'll take you to like the stores or whatever and he's like I know that you are like not what you say you are and they like uh but there is also like the funny moment where he's like no 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 i i love to walk it's fine it's like your jacket is like not <laughs> sustainable he's like no 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 it's fine he's like oh he lives uptown or whatever <laughs> or he's like he's going under the bridge and uh it's just like this sort of the scene where tom is like drying out the armpits of his suit where he had like the stains and he's like re-wearing the suit over and over again the the the, the tux that he rented over and over again it's uh it's just really really funny have any of you ever seen um uh between the lines the john mcmillan silver yes film? yeah um because like i mean i mentioned that like metropolitan why i love it so much is that it doesn't really feel like any other movie and that's maybe the closest feel that i've gotten you also have this sort of like uh i guess like this sort of dying like community yeah like the the, the paper is dying 
but like the whole movie is built around these like like little jokes and subplots and there's not really like a plot to speak of but it's just like sure. kind of you get like the like fragments of the personality and like really great jokes and that's probably the closest thing i've gotten to metropolitan even though it's not like a christmas movie yeah um, that's a good call that's a great like vibe movie <laughs> yeah like that movie is like all vibes and it, it's it's so good yeah Silver's been a big discovery for me this year, and that was one of the ones that I was like, this is incredible. Yeah, I think I watched, like, four of her movies, and I liked pretty much all of them. Like, That's the thing. They're all hits. I saw the the new restoration of Hester Street at New York, and uh, it was incredible. Um, and then, like, Crossing Delancey, also obviously great. Um, and, like, F- Fish in the Bathtub is really good. That one I haven't seen, although... Um... One you should check out is Bernice Bob's Her Hair. Um, yeah, that's I need to see that one. <laughs> yeah. It's like a TV movie, but it's like um, Shelley Duvall. And, anyway, sorry, I'm yeah. getting off track from Metropolitan. Of course. But... No, please, this is what's good. We can get <laughs> F- all, as off we're, track we're, as possible. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I think it's time no, to yeah. wrap up. Yeah, it's maybe time to wrap up. There's just like every single line in it's like an incredibly so well written movie, obviously. So you can yeah. sit through every, talk through every single line and just be like, yeah, that's hilarious, and it's very revealing about who these people are. It's just yeah, and it's like it's very available to watch. It's like on HBO Max and Criterion Channel, and like a few, I think a few other places. So go watch it if you're looking for something this Christmas. Sorry, hard, oh. strong, strong recommend. There yeah. was one other line that I wrote down that was so funny. What's um, the line, Cola? Uh, oh, it's when he's like. Um, <laughs> He, I think it's argument. He says like I don't remember what the context is exactly, but he's like, our generation is probably the worst since the Protestant Reformation. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just like so funny. He's he's so good. I mean, we're also like, the lines are funny, but his delivery and like mentioning Nichols, like his use of pausing is so funny. Everyone is get very good like yeah. diction specifically for the Stillman yeah. dialogue. And it also, th- this movie gets to pull the flex of just having introducing be for every single cast member yes, yeah, at the very yeah. beginning which is very cool to see <laughs> it's just introducing and then list the entire cast and similarly to uh a christmas tale there are like little interstitial cards for like each new day basically yeah but yeah when you set a movie during christmas you want to let people know exactly when it's christmas. yeah exactly this is christmas eve this is christmas day this is boxing day <laughs> yeah just like spencer <laughs> Sure. Uh, sure. Well, with hey. that, <laughs> with that, <laughs> Lawrence, you guys like Spencer? I mean, I love. Yeah. It. <laughs> I. I had a harder time thoughtful. with it, but um. I, I a harder time one might people be a, don't like a, for sure. A good yes. description of my relationship. Plenty of people Our, like yeah. Spencer, Colin. I right, look. It's a mission. it's a big split. Our erstwhile co-host is a big uh, detractor. She like, hates it. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, I will I will come on and say that I hate it as well. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Please talk shit about Spencer as much as you want to. <laughs> no, I think it was most like I, I've sort of been back and forth on Pablo Lorraine, but I think it's the Stephen Knight factor here that I really sure. can't stand. Like oh, it was fine in lock. That's the magic. <laughs> it was fine in lock for me because like it was like like formally like oh okay he's doing the one car thing. But I guess yeah. here when you have so much like so many resources and I don't know I <laughs> mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> Stephen Knight magic, baby. Yeah. That's why <laughs> Allied is a masterpiece. All right. All right. All right. All right. Um, <laughs> we can't get into Allied now. We'll be here all day. Um, 
Lawrence, thank you for being on. Yes, thank yes, you very yeah. so much. That was awesome. Happy to be here. Is there anything you would like to plug? Uh, nothing specifically. Um, I guess I have a Substack that has like two articles, very long ones, but um, <laughs> it's just lawrencegarcia.substack or whatever the, the URL is. Sure. But other than that, you can find me. Like I write for Cinemascope, Reverse Shot, um, mm-hmm. AV Club sometimes, and movie sometimes. But yeah, just Great. around on uh, Letterboxd. You have any? You yeah. Uh, what's your at for Twitter? Um, I think it's just Lawrence and Garcia. I think that's what it is. Yeah, Lawrence and Garcia. Okay. I don't really tweet very much, but yeah, you can find me there and links to stuff as well. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to recommend so a movie people now, know. Or, yeah, 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 please. You're welcome to oh. please. Um, well, I guess if you can see it, everyone should go see Dumont's France, the one with Leia Sadu in oh. it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> a good tease. <laughs> next week. Divisive. Oh, is that your next week? We're talking about Yeah, we're doing week. the France-tacular. <laughs> um, but I guess in terms of like Christmas movies, um, one that maybe is a lesser known one, but um, is Tree of Knowledge. It's like a Danish movie by Niels Malmros. It has like, it's not really like a metropolitan vibe exactly, but it has like young people going to parties and, and stuff <laughs> like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it's that easy to see um, legally, but you can sure. <laughs> Yeah. Listen, if people are into this podcast, they're used to finding <laughs> movies yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. in weird ways. Yeah. But yeah, the, the, those two I would recommend. But. Great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously to everyone who can right now, we would recommend watching France because we might have 12 guests to talk about France. Well, listen. Some number of guests will be talking about France. Another number will be talking about the French Dispatch. What the split is? TBD. T- no, we'll, you, we'll all find out next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, Tune in next week to find out. Yeah, I probably won't know for the segments I'm not on. I'll be like, oh, that's what they talked about on that one. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But thanks again, uh, Lauren. Yes. Man, thank yeah. Thank, you, yeah, so thank much. you again. It was a great. Yeah. Yes. I will start the end of show spiel then, which is that uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Can I Kick It, and you can follow us on Letterboxd at C I K I Pod. Uh, no activity since there was activity again. I believe I was named in charge of it, but I have not done anything with that. So yell at me about that if you must. Uh, if you like what the show and like what we're doing, you can support us on coffee, ko-fi.com slash can I, C-A-N-N-E-S-I. Any donations is greatly appreciated. Um, uh, if you start a recurring donation, you know, we'll consider granting you a request, whatever that, you know, within reason. Uh, and if you donate five dollars, Amelia will, will watch and review a movie of your choosing on Letterboxd. Um, uh, me personally, my name's Andy. You can find me online at Andy T Germ, A N D Y T G E R M, uh, on uh, Twitter, Letterboxd, etc. Uh, for my plug this week, um, you know, I've seen like some good movies and stuff recently. Uh, including what is my favorite movie of the year. I'm uh, not going to plug that. I'm going to plug an uh, experience, which is to uh, go see a, like a, a play or a musical or something uh, and uh, have it be like maybe a little far, but still within walking distance of where you're going to sleep that night. And then just like really enjoying the play and then deciding to walk <laughs> home and like not like listen to a podcast or anything and just sort of bask in the experience 
of having just seen the play. Uh, it's uh, truly the most happiness I felt in, in quite a while when I was able to do that on my recent New York City uh, trip. Uh, Cullen. That's like harder to do than like pirating whatever movie. Sure. Like, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying it's not, it, it's worth the effort, I would say. That's a real metropolitan ass plug. Dude. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Kimberly Akimbo strongly recommended playing at uh, the Atlantic Theater Company. Sure. Um, yeah, I'm Clatchley on everything c-l-a-t-c-h-l-e-y and uh, i've been going manelli mode and i watched meet me in st louis for the first time and it is like coming in hot as like one of the best movies i've seen this year i keep watching I the skip Andy to my sort scene. of soft offended that that's what you would call going manelli mode well i mean look i've just been watching a lot of manelli and like that's fine the bandwagon did really he, hit for he, me he's, he's a legend in his own right the pirate is good but Maybe in St. Louis is just the best. Sure. <laughs> it's uh, and it's got Christmas in it. If you like, if you want a Christmas vibe, it sure watch Maybe in St. Louis. It's got Christmas Emilio. in it. Christmas is the third character in it. You can follow me on Twitter at I'm Laugh Alone, and you can follow me on Letterbox at I Laugh Alone. What am I going to plug this week? I haven't really done a lot of things except work to a degree <laughs> that. <laughs> My entire body physically hurts. So We're not plugging that, though. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I'm just going to plug like, a thing I haven't even done recently, but people should check out. Uh, we've already recommended people go check out something that's hard to find. One of my favorite movies is the director's cut of Swing Shift. So just find somebody that has the director's <laughs> cut of Jonathan Demi Swing Shift and tell them, <laughs> let them know if you they, you can have it. And then watch it, because it's one of the best American films of all time. Apart from that, our theme song is by Tree Related. You can find it at soundcloud.com. slash Tree Related, or search Tree Related on Spotify. And with that, we can release our audience. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.